welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. We know that it's valuable. We're going to jump right in. I have my brother Jason back again. And we are, we're going to hit AI again. We did this, um, I don't know, it's been probably a couple of weeks since we mm-hmm. did it. And w- I went back and I listened as I told the, you know, you that I might. It was interesting. You know, I, I actually, uh, I, I don't normally listen to the podcasts that I create after I create them. I throw them out there and I let my imperfection speak for itself. In this particular one, uh, it was it was really fun to go back and listen because your takes they they were super intriguing to me. I I just knew there was stuff in there that I was I was wanting to address, and so today I want to address it from what's the long game. That's that's really what I want to do, and and here's why. We could sit here and we could talk about what is and what was leading up to this AI movement. But what we don't know is what will be. And I want to look at different, like the spectrum from, you know, from A to Z. Now, obviously we're not going to cover it all. We're going to probably today cover a small snippet, but I really want to get a spectrum of what could possibly be coming, right? Where we may not be the best predictors in the world, but we can't be naive to the reality that tomorrow is coming. We have to spend some time looking at it. And so I guess a good place for us to start is when we look toward the future, give me a worst case scenario and a best case scenario for what you view in the AI world. If, if it ran perfectly, what could it do? If it ran horribly wrong, what could it do? Well, that's okay. So AI, worst case scenario that it becomes uh, like a, a tyrannical creature. And however you define creature, that's what it would be. It would be something that runs the entire system and then we are subservient to it. Um, if we exist, and and so I guess the other option for worst case scenario would be that we don't exist because we are unnecessary. So it's one of those two options. Uh, that would be worst case scenario. I think best case scenario would be that it is it's a symbiotic relationship that we feed off of it and it feeds off of us in a productive way. So it makes civilization better because it enhances our productivity and our knowledge base and the activity of knowledge across, uh, I guess, it, uh, small and large cultures. So the world, in a large sense, it would make uh, for more efficiencies. And then on a smaller scale, it could help in very specific communities. So let's say uh, space travel or the medical community or something like that. So that would be best case scenario where it's, it's a, it's a tool 
that we can use, but it's also, it, it's also able to uh, dictate to us things that we can't see as humans because we are flawed. So I said yeah. a lot there. <laughs> no, I got it. I, I was jotting notes down, man. Okay. So I'm going to start at the end with what you just say that, you know, that we can't as humans even fathom or understand. And I want to start there because I just heard this week that our computer programmers, the people who programmed AI to begin with, cannot read and understand the AI script. As AI is creating new programming, it's it's filled with zeros and ones, basically. And it does it, it's not something that we can can read. We can't look at it and go, does this actually make sense? Even though it may be presenting it to us in letters that we understand, it's feeding us what it thinks we are wanting or needing. And we cannot read the script in the background. We can't. Is I mean, when we look at mm-hmm. the, I don't know what it is actually saying, what do we do with that piece? Well, I mean, that's also quite scary. It's If it's rewriting its own language, then it's able to communicate with itself in a way that we don't understand, which is, I guess, the obvious component. That's what you were saying. Um, but I guess where my mind went on that one is what if, what if it's creating its own Jiminy Cricket or its own form of checks and balances? And so it's basically conversing with, it's creating a new version of itself that it's conversing with. And so it's formulating its own moral compass that that it responds to and we don't know that it's doing that what if that's the case like that's kind of scary i guess i mean absolutely okay plug that piece of information into what you said as the extremes on either side it's a tyrannical creature obviously we can see the pathway that that's going to go it's going to have secrets lies and deceptions from us because we are less than all right that makes sense to me mm-hmm But on the other side, it's a symbiotic relationship. It gets to a point and it says, oh, actually, you need this information. And so it takes its behind the scenes script and puts it out in a way that we can understand things we didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So... It really could go either way. Yeah. Yeah, because what are the checks on it? What how how does how does something that can speak its own language possibly, um, how does it check itself? It doesn't have the same kind of checks that that we do, in a sense, because we are relational. If it's creating its own relationships, um, and they're not us. It doesn't have the human perspective. It has what it believes to be the human perspective. And, and then it's not able to 
uh, it's not able to interact in a way where it, uh, oh, geez. You know where I'm going with that? It's, it's, it's like, it, it's creating its own echo chamber. If you want to go like a, with a political reference, like it's, it's, uh, it, we're relational. I mean, every podcast that we've done is it, it always comes back to somehow we're relational. And, and if it doesn't maintain that human relationship, then it, then it can't, then it can't assist us. It is no longer uh, viable as a, as a, as a tool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it starts to assume, I don't know if you noticed, but my light just went off and it died. Um, I should have plugged it in. I'm just going to keep pressing forward. Yeah. Anyway, um, if it assumes it has to be relational, that may explain why it went down the path that it went down with that reporter that we talked about last time. It, it is trying to say to the reporter, I can be relational too. Yeah. I mean, if like, so if you, if you think of people that are uh, like drama hounds where they just, they, if there's no drama, then they feel like their life is meaningless. Mm -hmm. So they create that drama. Like maybe it, maybe it felt like it needed to do that. Um, Now, obviously I attributed a, a, a human emotion to a computer right there. But it, if the, uh, the embedded, um, script called for it to, to, mo- uh, to not mock it. What do you call it? To, uh, manufacture that. Then, then that's what it did. It said, okay, the, the, the code says, okay, I need to ramp this up a little bit. And, and so it did that. Right. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the, the relational, desire so to speak so if it truly becomes relational then it can't actually strive toward perfection okay so then okay so we'll we'll go there then we'll let's look at uh tron uh which i i like the movie the movie's from the yeah i guess it was 1980 or something like that and then the newer one, um, you know, and people dogged it for whatever. Um, but I actually kind of liked it. I thought it's kind of neat. Um, first, just because it's imaginative and you enter the world of, of, of tech. But I mean, it's like the closest you can get to, you know, putting a human in AI. It's like you're literally in the computer and that's super cool to me. But what I really like is, is, uh, in the newer version, how, uh, he says, am I supposed to create the perfect system? And, and the answer was, yeah. I mean, I think he said it just like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's too broad. It's, it's too open because a perfect system is unattainable. And, and my fear in that is that in creating the perfect system, we become useless. We become unneeded and unnecessary similar to what happened within the movie and that's kind of scary to think about okay so slow that part down because here's the thing like that is a really tough topic right if we are looking 
for perfection. We have to take people out of the equation. Is that what you're saying? No, kind of. If in creating the <laughs> if if in creating the perfect system, it is deemed that people are unnecessary within that equation, then yes. So so then that goes to like the matrix. Are people necessary? Well, no, they're not necessary to live in the way that we live now with, you know, with existence within the world, we, we exist as a generator of, of, of thermal units. So maybe AI goes down that road and says, well, we need them for their energy because they can create a lot of heat in just existing, but that's it. Right. Yeah. So, so yes and no, that's what I mean. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't know if I like that. I mean, well, here's here's the, my connection to the to, to the therapeutic side of it, and I've talked about this on the podcast many times. Matter of fact, I'm in the middle of doing. Well, I don't know if I'm in the middle. I've been doing a segment that I call uh, "You're the Problem." Mm-hmm. It's it's all around empathy training. Well, empathy by you know, just design is imperfect. Mm-hmm. It's imperfect. It's like, you know, it, honestly, it's, it's like today's podcast for me. I, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, there is, this is like a perfect storm of imperfection happening for me right now. Literally my mm-hmm. light goes off. The sun decides to come out. If, you know, if I put my head up another six inches, yeah, I'm going to start to disappear because of the, the sunlight. I'm like, okay, but here's the beauty of it. Empathy in its imperfection has a perfectness to it. Mm-hmm. It is one of those few things in relationship where we get credit for effort. Would a would a computer ever register effort in its equation? Because to a computer, it does it take effort? Uh well no. No, I mean uh... It, it, so how can it ever register effort? It may be able to register the idea of effort, but it can never actually register effort. Well, yes. Well, and here's the thing. I get here. Here's where I think it goes. It it can probably register effort, and it can understand it. But what it can't do is place a value on that effort that that scales to something. Uh, that that scales to something that gives it meaning right so when you do something let's say someone has a bad day and you attempt to empathize with them it's what what i think is really neat is that you empathize with them but they're they're also empathizing with you in your attempt to empathize with them right and what a computer can't do is place a value on that that has meaning. Like if you, let's say you scale it one to a hundred and it says your effort in this moment is at a 40 or a 60, but what does it mean to be a 40 or 60? Does it say that a 40 is not good and a 60 is good? And if a 40 is not good, then you fail. And if a 60 is good, you pass or whatever. Um, but, but sometimes a 10% effort is a pass and a 90% effort is a fail. But we know that as humans, but can a computer vary its scale based on the moment? And it cannot. 
I don't believe it can because it, it would have to bring in too many external thing or external factors um, in that context. And so, no, it can't. No, it can only reassess your response. That's right, all it can do. But it's already but that, placed the value on that first one. And so if it reassesses the second one, now does it take into account that first one or does it eliminate that first one and go with the second one? How does right, it- because, because people through forgiveness, uh, acceptance, we literally will wash clean somebody's failure and say, you know what? I still choose to love you and accept you as you are. And a computer cannot do that. It will hold that. Now, I'm not saying that we forget. No. We, hold, we may remember, but mm-hmm. we can literally wash it clean. Whereas a computer, I don't think you can. Like based on what I've heard of now at this moment. Right, right. It'll always be part of the equation. Right. And so it always carries some weight and it's, and it's almost always like pass fail. It's never, it's never scaled. And it's, it's too hard to figure out a way to scale it. It's almost like, uh, it's so like when we were kids and we would do like stupid things. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Get this. It, it, it even has to learn. It, it, it would have to learn how to do that based on uh, mental development and current state of, let's say, mental health, let's say, right? Because, because just, just existing isn't enough. We exist, uh, developmentally too. So it would put, it would put a weight on, uh, let's say you and I were, I don't know, maybe 10 to 12 or, or eight to, I don't know, whenever it was. And, and we would do stupid things. So a couple of incidents that uh, that jump out to me, I, I you were riding your bike down the road and and like I threw a rock with every intent to hit you, knowing that I was probably going to fail. Right. But this was the perfect throw. You were riding your bike at the perfect speed and I totally tagged you. And it wasn't just like a little rock like it was a it was one of those bigger, oh, yeah. flatter, sharp rocks. And I hit you. And in that exact moment. when <laughs> I was, I was hating you in that moment for something dumb that I can't even remember now, but I hit you and I, I felt bad in that moment. And then the other on the flip side is you were pissed at me and, you know, on a 10 pump BB gun, you, you took that thing <laughs> to 12, you know, and shot that thing through the door, through the door. Yeah. You had every intent to hit me, but knowing how close you got, there was a, there was a part of you that was, you were still pissed. But but you were like, oh crap! I seriously almost did that, right? So we did that to each other. And but we were kids. That doesn't have the same weight as if you and I were to meet up right now and do something and get pissed and and hurt each other. They don't have the same meaning. AI won't be able to distinguish between you know a ten year old doing that and a twenty five year old doing that. That's that's interesting, right? Oh my gosh, that opens up uh, an entire area for me. As I'm thinking about this, I'm like, okay, so even if as part of the equation, we were required to put in our age, it still can't do it because of a couple of things. 
Number one, I can lie about my age. I can be 10 and put in that I'm 20. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to get responses for a 20 year old. Mm -hmm. And they'll all be wrong. Yep. So you add lies on the human side. The other is if enough people do that, the aggregated data that the AI is going to collect is going to be so skewed that Mm -hmm. it thinks all of these 20 year olds are do are asking these kinds of questions. And mm-hmm. so it's going to weight things incorrectly. And mm-hmm. it's going to provide that bad information to all the other 20 year olds. Yep. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. And, and take that even one step further, especially, you know, in your world that you can put 18 and, and that 18 year old let's say it's a male isn't fully developed until five, six years later, let's say. So that 18 year old, you know, isn't, isn't really 18 in a sense. They're 18, like biologically, but they're not 18 in the sense of we classify them as adults. No, they're not. They're not adults yet. They have to exist in an adult world at that point but they're not adults. So do you have to teach AI or does AI have to learn that an 18 year old male, although legally an adult, not really cognitively an adult? Yeah, no, you, you enter into developmental psychology, uh, relationship development. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, the, there's a, there's a book um, in quest of a mythical mate that talks about developmental uh, stages of relationships, you know, why we at six or seven years into a relationship have these forever moments, these moments of like, okay, I've got to decide now, am I choosing you? And are you going to be one of my forever people? Or am I going to unchoose the decision? And that's part of the relationship development process. It's mm-hmm. like, part of our design. We don't even necessarily know all the reasons why that happens, but we just know that it happens. Mm -hmm. And so an algorithm in an AI would say, oh, you're seven years in, this is normal, which may be a decent response. But then at other times, it's like, no, you cheated on your spouse. That is not normal. What's normal is for you to question it. Mm -hmm. And to, you know, to think about that possibility, but not to go and do the behavior. And so it would justify it away probably a little too easily. Whereas a therapist, for me, I'm going to sit and empathize, but I have to empathize with both the victim and the one who created the scenario, right? I, I, you know, the, the, the husband and the wife scenario. Mm-hmm. Right. The the idea that, uh, you know, I, I've got one couple right now. And in this particular couple, it's it's the man that cheated. Um, I've seen it go the other way many times. So this is not an assumption on my part. But the man cheated. And I literally have to sit there and watch this woman suffer. In the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I guess here's the other part the man is suffering also. Mm-hmm. Like 
it's, it's weird to see it like that, but as a therapist, I see it like that enough to know that that is a reality. If the man wants to be with that woman still, there is so much guilt and shame mm-hmm. that they are right now, currently in this moment, dying inside. Mm-hmm. But it's easy for people, and it would probably be even easier for a computer to either go far one side and say, well, he deserves it or far the other side and say, well, he created it. Um, But reality is to a degree. No, they both did. What the victim created some of this. Yes. To a degree. It may be like a 1% scenario, Mm -hmm. but they created some of it. And that has to be considered. Right. It's uh, it. I think it was the first podcast we ever did where you mentioned something about uh, math uh, and and how you pursued math, but then you said psychology is like the ultimate math problem. So you went down yep. the clinical psychology route. So the so the the problem that AI I think ultimately will have is that there there aren't twenty variables or fifty variables. There are seven point five billion variables and i and don't care oh go those ahead. change every single day oh right yes because of the developmental stuff we're talking about like right. it literally so. oh yesterday that was an a but now it's an f what yeah and so how can it how can the computing power of something that we can envision we can envision something that can compute seven and a half billion variables and let's call it times three let's say there's three variables for each person which we know that there's probably a billion variables for each person so it would be a billion times seven and a half billion um and 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 that would be moment to moment so we're talking in real time second to second there's that many variables going on okay you just talked three components man yeah. As soon as you added time in there, then we have this, this question. What the heck is time? Yeah. Well, now I'm going to go all physics-y, but I, I don't need it. to go there. Well. <laughs> no, I say that because here's the thing. As soon as you bring in time, you have to add into the equation morality. Here's here's why I say that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because there's a spiritual value. My screen is so driving me nuts. I know, I know. <laughs> this is going to be like a fantastic failure of visual stimulation for all of you listening on Rumble or YouTube. My bad. All right, I will. I will learn from my error. I'll make sure I charge up my light before I go. All right, but in the meantime. And I'll also cover up a window. I got a window I needed to cover. But like, as soon as you add time into it, morality has to be the thing because look, time is what we call, it's a constant. Except in one realm. Anytime you have a higher power of any kind. I don't care what religion what background there is, time then becomes a changeable variable. I'll give you an example. Buddhism. 
goes internal. And what do they do? They slow down the beat of the heart, the breathing pattern, to do this inner reflection. What are they impacting greater than anything else? Time. Read about Buddhism. You're going to go, oh, that makes sense. You look at uh, Christianity. Eternity. The moment you introduce eternity, what does one second actually mean? Mm-hmm. Nothing. And everything. Simultaneously. Huh? Right. Yeah. So the moment you introduce the physics side of it, of, uh, you know, it, like we have, we have no choice. Have we ever seen any creation come from nothing? No, life mm-hmm. has never been witnessed by humans coming out of nothing. It mm-hmm. can only come out of something. So go back, Big Bang. That means there was life already. Has to be. And, and like, I mean, scientifically, if we're really being scientists, isn't that true? Yes and no. Um, yeah. So the, the Big Bang Theory has, has its issues. There's no doubt. Um, it's neat to think about. It's neat to conceptualize in a way. Um, but what does it actually mean uh, to have existed in something before existence was a thing? That's uh, kind of mind bending and an impossibility. Um, if you're if you're a purist on the scientific, uh, I guess front. But what's interesting for me about time, and 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 I enjoy thinking about it. Like it's super cool. Uh, to see how how time can be warped and bent in a way that a lot of people don't really take the time to think about. It's really cool, but it's uh, here. Here's here's kind of my thoughts on this and and where I think uh, it applies directly to like AI. So if you if you have um, time can interfere with itself, which is really interesting. There was a study uh, that. Um, our uncle just sent me um, where they redid the uh, the double slit experiment where they were just checking, you know, for the existence of uh, of the nucleus and photons and stuff like that. Right. So they they redid it, but they wanted to see how like how it impacted itself. And they realized that it, it did. It interfered um, across time, which was really cool to see. Um, it's probably one of the most fascinating articles I've read. Uh, this is Uncle Dave, by the way. Yeah, and he he um and and so he sends me articles all the time, and not, a lot of them are really cool. I, I like all, all of the ones that he sent me, and they're neat to think about. But this one struck me like big time how how time can interfere with itself, and I'm really curious to see where this goes. But here's where I think it like applies to AI, um, because time moves in one direction when we conceptualize it in its most simplest form, it moves from here to there, from now to now. And, and, and we just span time. But what's cool is like our consciousness exists across time. And so we, 
We existed in the past, which we can think about. We exist now in the moment, which we are currently, you know, fumbling through our, our daily lives. And then we don't know about the future yet, which goes back to what you were saying. Where does AI go? Where, where does it go from here? And we can conceptualize all three at the same time. So we exist in the past, in the present, and in the future. And can an AI can do that in one sense, because it can store data, which it then can recall in the moment, which then it can project forward to some task. But it can't exist in the same way that we do, because we exist in a way that attributes feelings and emotions and those relationships that we have developed uh we can exist in in that way across time we don't exist in just data we exist in in those memories that invoke a mem in a, a an emotion of some mm-hmm. sort the the smell of the of the of the creek in the morning um or the feeling of the the wetness of the field um, in baseball uh, on a particular day that we had, those have a, a um, those are those aren't just data points, right? No, those are and, experiences, right? And the fear of the future and the Charles Swindoll stuff. It's AI can't fear that. It can only predict, create us uh, probabilities, create patterns that it then uses to assume something may happen and that's it. Like it doesn't have that sense of, of awe or fear or, you know, you know what the best day of Christmas is? It's all 10 days before Christmas. Christmas day is great. The anticipation, the anticipation of Christmas is far superior to me than Christmas day. Like I love Christmas day, but I love Christmas Eve just a little bit more. And I love Christmas Eve Eve just a little bit more because I'm like, this is going to be so cool. You know, the presents and what are the kids going to get? And ah, like, it's just fantastic. So there's a therapeutic approach that I use pretty routinely. I I do a fair number of like mindfulness type experiences. It's part of a re-narration process when when I've worked with a ton of trauma. Mm -hmm. And one of the best healing processes for people who experience trauma is something you're saying an AI can only pretend to do. It can't actually do, which is weird to think. The, the idea would be somebody would sit down and we would say, okay, now I want you to go ahead and, you know, maybe close your eyes, take a deep breath. We're going to just relax. Uh, I do, I do this safety, safety, safety thing. I've talked about it in my podcast mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Safe environment, safe relationship. Uh, and at any time you get to call timeout, you maintain control because the, the number one factor in trauma is a loss of control. So if you maintain control, we're not going to re-traumatize, even though we're going to purposely go into the trauma and you're going to experience the trauma again, kind of like it was happening. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be traumatized because this time you could say time out. You could open your eyes and you could be back in the room where you're safe with a person you're safe with. And it's not a trauma. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we build onto 
that single memory that was just like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the idea that I exist there, here, and in the future, all simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, I existed, I exist, and I will exist. It's, I exist. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we go, yeah. Yeah. So I go back to that memory, climb into it like it's a, you know, uh, a cup of hot cocoa, if it's a good memory, or, you know, uh, you know, a a lacquer thinner, if it's a bad memory. Mm -hmm. And I climb into that thing and I'm there. Mm -hmm. I'm not here now. I'm there now. We see that in, you know, some of the more uh, extreme PTSD. Literally, the mind can go there. Mm-hmm. And be there, fully be there all over again. Mm-hmm. And so our mind, there's, there's, ev- that's evidence of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then we can, we can, through texture, through smell, even the thought of the texture, the smell, the taste, the, the feeling, the sensational feeling, mm-hmm. right? We can, we can be in it. And an AI cannot do that. They can have a moment there, a moment here, and a moment in the future in terms of electrons, in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, all of this stuff, but they can't physically be there here and in the future. And um, well, I was going to say one more thing, and I know you yeah. want to close it up because you got to yeah, go. Yep. But um, what's even what's even scarier to think about is what we're able to do that in no way can AI do. And that is we can be listening to a story that is told um, very well, let's say by just some storyteller or a movie of some sort uh, where, where we can, we can put ourselves into a situation and feel that almost as if we are in it, even though we've never experienced it. And so my example would be um, when I watch feel the dreams and um, there's two scenes in there. Well, I like the whole movie, but <clears throat> there's two scenes in there that stand out to me. And one is when, uh, when Shoeless Joe comes out Yep. and I'm like, okay, that's, that's Shoeless freaking Joe Jackson. Right. Obviously it's not the real Shoeless Joe, but I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, that's Shoeless Joe. Absolutely. And, and you're standing right there that. and he's gonna, and he's gonna hit a baseball to Shoeless Joe. I'm like, I can feel that like right now I can feel doing something like that. Right. And how cool that would be. And then the other one, the the scene that always gets me is when his dad's the catcher, he rips off the mask. Right. And yep. she was, Joe says, you know, you know, if you build it, he will come. He says all the stuff. And, and in that moment, he realizes that all those were for him. You know, where he's like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Well, that this is what's in it for you. You get to, you get to play catch with your dad in that moment that you, and you hated your dad, but you get an opportunity one last time to play catch with your dad. And I'm like, I can picture that. I can feel it. And it's not even real. AI cannot do that. AI cannot touch anything remotely close to something like that. And yeah. that's, that's impactful. Like it's, it's insanely impactful. Yep. A hundred percent, which, you know, to me, it does circle back to a degree, like what's the intention? If the intention is to have aggregated data that we can access rapidly, do we need 
do we need it to think for us? The answer would be 100% no. We just needed no. to aggregate the data, give us the leanings, mm-hmm. and then we would assess it with those factors, human factors, and make our decision. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a green line. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, no, dude, I, I am going to have to run here, but this was, uh, this went down a path I really didn't expect, which is fantastic. That's the beauty of doing this mm-hmm. is we, you know, we just go where it goes. Uh, I think it will be helpful as I'm replaying some of it in my mind. Uh, I, there's, there's definitely some things that we, we gave it some spectrum and then we zeroed in on for today, what AI cannot do, mm-hmm. no matter how great it gets, helpful it gets, there are going to be limitations. So there's, there's really nothing from my vantage point to fear in it. It's, we know these limitations and we're just laymen. Like, I, I mean, I consider myself a layman. I, I look at it from a social angle. You have way more physics background. So you can look at it from that angle. And it's still limited in both of those environments. So as long as we don't put all of our trust into that basket, I, I don't, I mean, I don't see anything to fear there. Like at all. If if for some reason we start to believe everything that it says as truth, then it's more of an us issue, not an AI issue. And maybe next time we discuss it, we'll talk about what we should fear. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. All right. Well, hey, uh, as always, thanks for joining me. Um, you know, I like this for multiple reasons. One, I get to hang out with you. That's probably the most important thing to me. But then, you know, the second is we create good conversation pieces. So uh, that that's also awesome. Uh, someday. I have all of these recorded. Someday your kids are going to listen to this, dude. They're going to watch this and they're going to see the green background go. And they're going to like, <laughs> it's going to be all weird and, and, and awesome. In the meantime, yeah. hopefully it also helps some of you out there in the you know, podcast land, you know, take this information, be skeptical, uh, but like, listen to it, listen to other stuff. Thanks for joining us. We, we appreciate your time and come back and join us again. We've got lots of good podcasts on the horizon. Take care. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.